But he didn't die for my sin only. He died for the sin of all men. And I believe if we can just get a sense of what's on the heart of God this morning. Would you open your Bibles to Mark chapter 1? And verse 14. Praise God. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And he walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, his brothers, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets, and immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with hired servants and went after him. Father, it seems to be the thing that you're speaking this morning, that we're to follow Jesus, that we're to go after him, that we're to press in there for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And Father, as we've read your scripture this morning, may we just have a sense of what is on the heart of Jesus. What's on your heart, Father? May the Holy Spirit just move across this congregation. May every one of us sense the moving of the Spirit. May our ears be unstopped. May our hearts be softened. God, I believe that you have a word for us. And I believe that that word is timeless. I believe, God, that we need to respond to your word. And, Father, we can only do that as it's quickened to us by the Holy Spirit. Would you anoint now with your spirit in Jesus' name? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe that the highest calling for any individual is that of 
a soul winner. I believe that the most exciting thing that you can ever get involved in is winning souls for Jesus Christ. I believe it surpasses the exaltation of any political position. I believe that it's better than any supreme social recognition. I believe that it's even greater than the special office that is given to a pastor. I believe the greatest thing that could happen is to become a soul winner. Hallelujah. I hear an amen back there because I know that there's one who, unless she leads a soul to the Lord every so often, she gets, a, she gets all down in the dumps. <laughs> Hallelujah. So first of all, I want to look at our scripture here this morning as a divine call. He says, come after me. Isn't that what the Spirit was saying this morning? Come on to me. Come after me. Draw close to me. I believe that, first of all, we're, in, we're invited into a fellowship with Jesus Christ. Above everything else, above pastoring, above teaching, above preaching, above uh, your family life, above anything that you can think of, first of all, we're called to a fellowship with Jesus. And this fellowship is so necessary. In fact, the second time the Spirit spoke here this morning, it said there's some that have lost their first love. That's how important Jesus believes this fellowship is. It's how important God thinks this fellowship is. We've got to keep that fellowship alive. We've got to keep that flame kindled within our heart. Soul winning is an art. And it's something that must be learned. It's been pointed out by many scholars that good fishermen must possess these very qualities which will turn them into good fishers of men. It's not enough to be a Christian. We're to become Christ-like. We are to be motivated by the same spirit that motivated Christ. As such, as a fisherman, I want to point out some things that you have to have. First of all, the fisherman, he must be patient. Secondly, he must have perseverance. Thirdly, he must have courage. Fourthly, he must have an eye for the right moment. There, you know, there's a right time to fish and there's a, a wrong time to fish. 
The time of day makes a difference. You go out there at high noon and try to fish, and the fish are just, they're so lazy from the, from the heat, they're laying down in deep water, and uh, they're, they're so listless that they're not biting. It's early in the morning and late in the evening, but we've got to learn the time of day and the place and be there at the right time if we're going to win souls. There is a time. And it's possible to miss the time. The fisherman must realize that there is a, there's a, a bait for each type of fish. You know, fish are finicky. Just what bait? is going to fit that particular fish that you're out to try to get a hold of. Sometimes the fisherman, I was talking to my son yesterday, and he was talking about he was going out brown trout fishing. said he'd learned to fly fish this year. And he said, did you know that you have to sneak up on them. He said, really? He said, if your shadow as much as crosses the water, them brown trout are gone. And so we've got to be just that sly in, in fishing for men. We've got to know the fish that we're after. And there's only one way to become the fisher of men that you should be. And that, Jesus says here, that we're to come after him. He is the master fisherman. If anyone knows the souls of men, it's Jesus. You know, he knew just what it would take to hook you, Lee. He knew what it would take to hook me. And I'm so glad that he knew. Amen? <clears throat> and Jesus invites here every Christian to follow him. We're to sit at his feet and to learn from him. But sitting at his feet and learning from him is not only a great privilege, but it's a responsibility. To whom much is given, much is required. See, if you didn't know that you were to go out and win souls, then God wouldn't hold you responsible. But I'm telling you, now you know, therefore, you must respond. Amen? This call is more than just an invitation. It's a command. It's a command. We have no choice. One cannot be a Christian and choose to follow his own path. Maybe I... Uh, there's some other things I'd rather do. I'd rather get up and run around the church 
This is the second time you, you found your way out of here uh, this morning, uh, young man. I wish you'd speak to your son about running out, in and out all the time. Okay? Hallelujah. I just don't think that uh, our young people have bad kidneys and they need to get up and run out five minutes after a service started or ten minutes. And it seems like uh, this is one of the things that, that's being done in here and I just wish uh, parents would kind of take that under control. All right. Now that we've broke the thought, <laughs> we must follow Jesus. That's the only way to become a fisherman. Follow Jesus. Draw in close to Jesus. Feel the heartbeat of Jesus. We need to have his compassion for souls. We need to have his love for humanity. And unless you're motivated by the love of God and the compassion that he has for souls, you'll never become a soul winner. And the only way to get that is to draw close to Jesus. See, not everyone's called to a full-time ministry. Not everyone's called to be a pastor. Not everyone's called to be a teacher. Not everyone's called to be a, a deacon or something uh, on this order. But everyone's called to be a Christian, and everyone is called to be a soul winner. Let your light so shine before men that you'll glorify your Father, which is in heaven. You are the salt of the earth. We're that which keeps the world from coming, becoming completely rotten. And God has a desire to choose out of this world a people for himself. He would that all should be saved, that all should come to the knowledge of the truth, that none should be lost. So you don't have to say, well, now, which one do you want me to witness to? See, he wants all of us. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. And one of the requirements here is that we must forsake all to follow the Master. You can't be a disciple without forsaking something. He said, except you'll take up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. Isn't that right? Are you willing to lay down your life for Jesus? See, that's, that's what it's all about. And to be a Christian, really, we make that commitment, right? And I'm going to tell you, fishermen are committed people. There's times when you sit there all day long without a getting a bite. But they're committed. Man, they'll sit there, the mosquitoes biting. It's so dark they can't even see in front of them. They've got to have lanterns. Muddy, stinky old fish, and yet they're still in there. And I love it. I love to fish. most of us, 
We just don't have it as a priority on our list. But if you're really close to Jesus, it becomes a priority. It becomes a priority. Because what's a priority with Jesus ought to be a priority with us. We need to have such a love for souls that if we're not seeing people saved, it would just bring us to tears. It'll set your, your knees to the floor and you'll begin to pray and cry out to God. You've promised me the heathen for an inheritance. Where are they? We need to have love. Love is the thing that motivates us. The love not for people, but the love for Christ. Paul said, the love of God constraineth me. Or in other words, keeps me to doing the things I'm supposed to do. You see, Jesus, when we come to the communion table, it's his shed blood. That's what's represented here. The shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, all that he suffered on the cross, he suffered... For lost humanity. And if he went to the lengths of suffering and dying and shedding his blood, for your husband, Bill, then don't you think that Jesus deserves Bill? It ought to break our heart that he is, doesn't really have him. You understand? It's the love of Christ, the love for Christ. When we realize the agony and the pain and, the, and what it cost Jesus, then I can, I can say, won't you accept the gospel for Christ's sake, not for my sake, not for to build a bigger church, not because you're so worthy, but Jesus is worthy. And somehow you've got to sense that love of Jesus in your life and it'll send you to the streets, the highways and the byways. He said, go out and do what? Compel them to come in. I don't have any choice. Jesus' word says, go and do this thing. Compel them to come in. And the only force that's great enough to, to get people to come in here is love. And you you begin to love the unlovely not because they, they're worthy but because Jesus is worthy. If we really follow Jesus, we shall be fishers of men. We have his promise. 
if we're not a soul winner, then somehow we've failed in our following of Jesus. If you haven't won a soul lately, it's because somehow your relationship with Christ isn't right. He said, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me. Fellowship with the Master will make us fishers of men. Not might, it will make us fishers of men. Last of all, the divine commission here. It says, become fishers of men. Become fishers of men. Not if you'd like to, but just follow me and become fishers of men. Follow me and become fishers of men. You see, the detailed assignment might be different. One of us may be called to be a, a missionary to a foreign field. Another may be called to labor at home. Some may be designated as pastors. Some as youth evangelists. Some as evangelists, some as teachers. But all of us are called to one thing, to win souls. You can't deny it. Every one of us is called to win souls. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You see, I, I believe that uh, Andrea can win souls just as well as Lee. She comes in contact with a different age group, but she can win souls for Jesus. Matthew can win souls for Jesus. Holly can win souls for Jesus. Every one of us has an assignment to win souls for Jesus Christ. Fishing demands great skill. It can be the most exacting work. It can be time-consuming. And that's the reason most of us don't get the job done. Do you know our time is so precious to us? Hey, I, I sympathize. You know, you're driving bus. You're trying to preach three sermons a week. You're trying to deal with all the problems that come up on the church. You're trying to find time for prayer and Bible study. You're trying to find time for your family. Hey, I got the same problems you got. Amen? Especially during this day and age when everything's so expensive. It takes both mom and dad to work. And we say, I just don't have time. And I understand that. And Jesus understands that. But he's, he's not saying that all of us have to, to, uh, to actually go out here and, and knock on doors. But wherever you go, you should be a witness. Where did Alice meet you at? 
Hairdressers? Or was that Carol? All right. So here's, here's an example. She goes to a hairdresser. Instead of getting her hair fixed, she starts working on the hairdresser's soul. Not because Carol's so worthy, although she is kind of pretty. That's not the whole thing. See, I can embarrass everybody, Mickey. It's because she loved Jesus, and she had to share her Jesus with someone. And I'm not saying this to build up Alice, because it's, I'm just giving it as an example. We can do the same thing. You, wherever you're at, just be a fisherman. Just realize God has put you there for a purpose, to win that soul for Jesus. Amen? And I'm not going to say this in the way of condemnation, although it, it probably will come across that way, but I want you to, to just think a moment. When is the last time you led a soul to Jesus? most of it's, a, it's been too long. If it's priority with us, then it ought to be on a regular basis. And you say, well, I don't want to go on. You know, people are going to make fun of me. Hey, Jesus said that a servant's not above his master. It's enough you be like him. If they've persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Amen? They that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer sin. So if we rightly look at this thing of winning souls, we know that we're supposed to be soul winners. If we're not a soul winner, and we know that we should be, then that means it's a sin that we need to confess. Father, I really have not been involved in winning souls the way I should. And when the church of Jesus Christ begins to repent and to confess, Jesus will cleanse us from this unrighteousness and we will become a soul-winning church. Amen? And as you do the will of God, you draw closer to God. So first of all, we must confess our sins, and I believe that as we come to this communion table, I think this is one of the sins this morning that we ought to confess. And I'm, I'm not pointing a finger at you, I'm talking to myself just as well. If, if I'm, I'm just going to stand up here and tickle your ears, then you don't want me up here anyway. I'm going to tell you the truth because I believe truth is what God has told me to say. And the truth will set you free. Amen? So I hope you take it in, in the spirit in which I'm trying to give you this message this morning. That we'll really get our hearts right with Jesus when we come to the communion table, realizing that not being a witness is a, indeed a sin. And let's, let's ask God to cleanse us from this sin 
and to make us soul winners. Amen? Could we all bow our heads and pray? I would like our musicians back to the, uh, to the instruments, please. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Could I have the uh, ushers and the elders come forth? I guess it's the elders. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and after he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. After the same manner, he took the cup. And after he supped, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Drink ye all of it. This is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for the remission of sins. As often as ye eat this bread and drink this uh, cup, ye do declare the Lord's death till he comes. Jesus Christ is coming for a church without spot and without wrinkle. Father, we pray right now that you would begin to cleanse your church, that, God, we realize the importance of acknowledging the body of Christ and discerning the body of Christ, that we might not eat nor drink unworthily, but we come realizing that we're sinners needing forgiveness and that that forgiveness comes through the uh, through the bread and through the cup. It, it's what it represents. It represents the shed blood and the broken body of Christ. May your blessings be upon these elements of communion now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you continue to stay in that attitude of prayer and uh, wait until everyone receives and we'll partake together. <clears throat>